Hi, everyone. Welcome to Grazeaholics. I'm Veronica. And I'm Courtney. And I'm excited for today. Because it's the start of a new season. It's the start of a new season. So what are you drinking today? I am having a mango bubbly with some vodka in it. Mango bubbly with vodka. That sounds delightful. That sounds very summery. It's so good. I thought you'd get pick something like pumpkin spice, angry orchard or something. I don't have any, any festive beverage. My favorite though is warm apple cider with the salted caramel vodka in it. Oh, that is like my favorite drink for this time of year. I don't think I have had a lot of apple cider stuff. So maybe I should try that this Oh, you will not regret it. It is so good. I don't know, because I did not like the pumpkin spice from Starbucks. Well, but this is apple cider. Yeah, I'll have to try that. I'm drinking another summer beverage. I've been (laughs) so lazy with drinks lately. I have another Vizzy. (laughs) This time I have with a hint of blackberry and lemon. I guess I like it because it has vitamin C as I drip a little bit on my stuff. Oh, but like blackberry and lemon. That sounds good. I haven't tried it. Oh, it's delightful. Yeah, it it sounds good. Like I love anything with like any fruit, like mixed with lemon. It's just like, it's perfect. It's perfect summer drink, which is not summer, but you know. Yeah. So today we are going to dive into season two, episode one, and it is titled raindrops keep falling on my head. And we all know this song. I just yes. didn't know who was the, it was a song by BJ Thomas. Yeah. I had no idea who sang the song, but of course everybody knows it. Which is funny. Cause this episode, there is a lot of rain. I didn't even notice. I'm here to pick up the pieces because you have to do the recap. So it's impossible to notice all the little <laughs> details. And there wasn't much research for this episode. Yeah, I guess not, actually. Not a lot of cases. Well, the Netflix description says Meredith deals with the fallout of meeting Addison while Christina reveals a secret. George talks to Izzy about his interaction with Alex. Not very good description yet again. I mean, I messed up every five seconds, too, but it's okay. Thought it sounded fine. Um, I just don't understand why George will talk to Izzy about his interaction. That's not even. Yeah, he yeah okay. he like talks to her for two seconds. Again, thank you, Netflix. Hire us, please. What does your shirt say? I don't know. What does it say? Tears aren't a woman's only weapon. I Game love that. It's a unique shirt. I don't think. Um, I think a friend of ours made it for us when Game of Thrones was very popular. And it's one of my top shows, favorite shows. Oh, oh, it's okay. You like it, like it. Oh, top three. Yes. It's Shit's Creek, number one. Grey's Anatomy fell down to number two. Sorry. And Game of Thrones is three. Despite its challenges. Oh, shit. I didn't know it was that serious. Like, I knew that you liked the show. I didn't know that it was top three. Girl, we went to D.C. and stood in line for six hours to go to a pop-up bar. I know. I babysat your child. Yes. It's serious. <laughs> but I didn't know that it... I, I mean... Okay. <laughs> okay. That's that. So, yeah. So, today, I thought it was very fitting for today's episode with Addison and Meredith. So, 
I like it. I like it. Do you want to hit us with the monologue? Yes, the opening. To be a good surgeon, you have to think like a surgeon. Emotions are messy. Tuck them neatly away and step into a clean, sterile room where the procedure is simple. Cut, suture, and close. But sometimes you're faced with a cut that won't heal. A cut that rips its stitches wide open. Oh. Ouch. If this isn't what's actually happening in the episode. I feel like this was a better opening than the description. Oh, yeah. 100%. That just described the whole episode. Yes. Ooh. And then put salt in that wound and it's over. It's over, bitches. Ooh. Oh. I, I'm, I need to like prepare myself. This was a big episode. There was a lot happening. And again, I tried to like cut down on it as much as possible, but there was a lot going on. There is a lot going on. Just a reminder that we do have an Instagram and a Twitter account. You can follow us on both at Pod. So... We open the episode with Meredith sitting at the bar. She is just taking shot after shot and telling the bartender about her problems, how her boyfriend is her boss and her boyfriend has a wife. And after hearing that, the bartender gives her a shot on the house. I do love the bartender, though. Absolutely. You know, it's funny because I was talking to my mom about Grey's Anatomy. You know, she's very into it. She's like almost done with season four already. Like she's booking right along and she's bitching about every single character. She doesn't like anybody. And she's like, do you know who I do like? I'm like, who? She's like, Joe. Joe, the bartender. I'm like, okay. I love it. She is so cute. And she's been participating in our lives and on Instagram. So I love it. Yeah. Shout out to mom. We see Derek and Addison talking back at the hospital. Derek asks her what she is doing there. And she asks him what he is doing there, that he just packed up and left everything. And that now he has a girlfriend in Seattle and that she seems sweet. There was a long pause for Addison. And I think she means naive. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Derek tells her that she is on thin ice and that if she came all the way there to try and win him back, she can forget about it. She tells him that that was indeed her plan to fly across the country, reminisce on old wedding photos, fall into bed together and make him realize he can't live without her. And the look on his face, he's like, what the fuck? And I am living for the sarcasm. Like I am living for it. Yes. But then she smirks and tells him to relax that she's there for work. And she explains that she is helming the TTTS case that the hospital admitted last week. And we find out here that it is Richard who asked Addison to come to Seattle. Sneaky bastard. I love Richard. But let me just tell you that he did that on purpose because he saw Meredith and Shepard kiss and it's still beyond me as to how he did not fucking know about this and everyone in the hospital did true thank you in the next scene izzy is in the intern locker room alex is icing his face and izzy Mm. tells him that george really knocked him around and she asks why he didn't fight back and he tells her that he is riding a career in plastics all the way to the bank that he can't afford to injure his hands so he did indeed plan on going to plastics first. Hmm. 
Yeah, he needs to have those hands nice and protected and his face too, but it looks pretty bad. Yeah. We see Christina and George walk into the bar and they join Meredith and order their drinks. Meredith says that they should play a game of whose life sucks most. George is drinking a beer and (laughs) Meredith says that she will go first. She tells him that Derek is married and George spits his beer out all over himself, like out his nose, out his mouth. It was so fucking funny. It was disgusting. I, I think I actually paused it there and I'm like, oh my God, it's actually coming out of his nose and mouth. And I think that the next part where Christina kind of tells him to, um, George, it's coming out of your nose. Gross. I think she says something like that. Yeah. I think that was uh, unplanned. It didn't oh, sound, I wonder. It didn't sound like it's something that she would say. I think she was actually grossed out. Oh, I wonder if that was planned. But the whole scene was absolutely fucking hilarious. It was hilarious. It was so funny. Christina tells her that she doesn't win. And then she goes on to tell Meredith that she's pregnant. The bartender is holding a tray, delivering food and drinks to the other tables when he collapses. And Meredith and Christina jump in to start checking him over. They call an ambulance and Meredith lets him know that they have to take him to the hospital to run some tests. Meredith and Christina continue to look over Joe, which is the bartender's name. And Meredith says more of a statement than a question. You're sleeping with someone. And Christina says that it's not that hard to believe. Even George got some action. And George jumps in and says, correction, George got syphilis. (laughs) I'm glad he's making light of the situation. I mean, it seems like he's better. I did want to point out that I noticed Christina is obviously chugging before joe falls to the floor chugging a glass of water and i noticed there is a glass of beer next to her did she order the beer i know you mentioned that she had ordered drinks but did she order the beer and chose not to drink the beer which i thought was interesting that she chose to just drink water that is interesting because like again she has the abortion set up so like her drinking isn't really a problem So that's, I wonder if maybe that's to let on that maybe she's having second thoughts. I was wondering that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good catch. Joe gets up and walks out of the bar and says that the hospital is right across the street. He can just walk there. At the hospital, Meredith confronts Christina for more details on her pregnancy. She asks Christina who she is sleeping with and Christina tells her it's just some guy. They walk over to Izzy and George, and Izzy asks Meredith why she is there. She thought that Meredith had a date with McDreamy, and George says, more like McMarried. (laughs) Izzy is visibly shocked at this, and at that moment, Derek walks over and tells them that Joe will need surgery. He has multiple issues, including an aneurysm the size of a golf ball. And George points out that that is too big to clip, and Christina says, not without magic fingers. Derek tells her that they could do a standstill operation and a standstill operation is a surgical procedure that involves cooling the patient's body and stopping blood circulation. Christina gets excited about this and Meredith shoots her a look. Derek tells them that he needs more information on Joe's medical history and hands his chart to Meredith who simply looks at him and says, I'm drunk. George takes the chart from Derek Derek takes off to follow Meredith and Izzy and Christina block his way, slowing him down. Izzy mutters under her breath, McBastard. (laughs) 
Christina takes the chart from George and tells him that she is on Meredith's side, but they are talking about a possible standstill here. Which I thought Izzy, I thought that was really nice of her to block Derek. Like she was, she became more of a better, like in this particular scene, she's a better friend than um, Christina. Absolutely. I agree. Um, I also have a little bit more information about the standstill operation and I know you haven't really talked about the diagnosis, but I do have the official diagnosis and I can wait. Oh. Okay. So his official diagnosis is a basilar trunk artery aneurysm, which surprisingly it only accounts for 2.1% of all intracranial aneurysms. And they are mostly recognized in patients around the age of 60. Joe does not look like he's 60. Joe is definitely not 60. So I thought that was interesting. It is predominant in males. So Joe is identified as a male and are associated with high morbidity and mortality. So it's not often that they do survive that. Um, Just a fun fact. The first intracranial surgery occurred in 1931. Oh, wow. um, And this was taken from the JNS.org and the um, NCBI.gov article. And a little bit more information about the standstill. So this procedure requires, like you said, to um, cool down the patient at a hibernation degree of 15 degrees Celsius with no breathing, breathing, heartbeat, or brain activity for up to one hour. And blood is drained from the body to eliminate blood pressure. The patient is considered clinically dead during the operation, which is key for what's Mm going to happen next. And the operation is known as a hypothermic cardiac standstill. And this is according to E.S. Connolly Jr. and R.E. Solomon. Wow. That's crazy that that percentage of people who have that type of aneurysm is so low. And then you take out the, you know, 60 as the age for Joe, like you take that off the table. Like that is super rare. Yeah. So I thought that was, so that might be how Shonda kind of skewed true the case to make it, you know, true. Relatable. That's interesting. Derek is chasing Meredith as she leaves the hospital. She tells him to stop following her and he asks to explain. And she tells him that he should have explained the night that they met at the bar. He tells her he knows how she feels, which in a way, I mean, he kind of does. Meredith tells him, well, with like, you know, his wife cheated on him. Oh, oh, okay. So like, I'm sure that the betrayal that Meredith is feeling, he's relating the betrayal to like his own personal situation. I felt felt really bad for Meredith here. And I think she was absolutely hundred percent right. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Meredith tells him that she is very close to getting in her car and running him down in the parking lot, which do a girl for her. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. (laughs) In the next scene, Derek walks into Weber's recovery room and finds him and Addison being all buddy-buddy. Addison tells Weber that she will be back in the morning to report duty, leaving Derek and Weber alone. Derek asks him what she is doing there. Weber explains that she is the best in the field and that it was a business decision, nothing personal. And it is at this point that Weber tells Derek that Burke will act as chief of surgery until he gets back on his feet and Derek is pissed two things it's weird that he calls her Addie. i don't think he ever does that ever after this episode huh but i'm gonna pick up on that i'm gonna keep that in mind okay um again 
how does he this is definitely personal for him because we obviously you and I both know the connection between um him and Meredith Gray so there is this is personal so he's making it personal so, so he's lying mm-hmm. yeah this thing, I agree I, I cannot believe he still didn't know anyways that's so <laughs> where was he where was he I don't know especially because Bailey is his like right hand and exactly. we still don't know this but I mean we know this down the line and I'm like how do you you know she told him did she though I don't know I feel like she would no okay okay i don't know well you see christina looking through surgical tools and naming them off burke comes in and tells her that he noticed that they are both off that night and he made reservations for them well i mean that's not like super stalking or anything they work at the same place like that's not stalking but if I, I look at your that. schedule and I know you're off and I go in there knowing like, hey, you're off. I think that it was a nice romantic gesture. By the way, all of the um, surgical tools that she mentions are actual real tools. And they are all a variation of clamps and forceps. I did look them huh. up. And you told me that there wasn't much research this episode. I had to find the research. I had to look through, like, look deep. <laughs> like the wound in Meredith's heart. Okay. Oh my God. Burke tells her that uh, he made reservations for them at his favorite restaurant. She tells him that the OR is the only place that she can go and think and that she is thinking right now. And he looks kind of distraught, says that, of course, he understands and he leaves. Next, we find Izzy and George in the intern locker room talking about George and Alex's fight. George tells Izzy that he is a pacifist, but Alex kept pushing him. Izzy tells him that if Alex tries to lay a hand on him to let her know and she will take care of it. Bailey enters and starts handing out that day's assignments, but she tells Meredith to go with her that someone special requested her. I did want to note that I'm looking at um, Izzy's under um, shirts. I didn't like, even fucking look. She was first, when they first got to the hospital, she was wearing a pink under underneath her scrubs, and now she's wearing like a lilac purple. Ooh. So the focus is not really on her, so she's not wearing like a bright color. But I will continue to make that an observation for the next okay. few episodes yes okay i didn't even pick up on it but it's a it's pretty color so it's like she's she's soft she's gentle okay well that makes sense because this episode she is she is we see derek catching up with burke in the hallway he congratulates burke on the temporary chief position burke is clearly uh rubbing his face in In him no (laughs) why am i like this rubbing his face in him okay please continue burke is clearly rubbing in his face the fact that derek saved weber's life and then weber called derek's wife and made burke the chief of surgery over him which true like that is kind of shitty like derek went to all this trouble and saved weber's life and career and yeah yeah addison comes up to them and she says that she's sorry for interrupting burke says that she's never interrupting and derek snaps back with she is always interrupting she asks if burke secured the intern that she requested at which point meredith comes up and says yes he did and the look on derek's face and in our note here i have a picture of exactly where i paused it to recap this part and his face is just it's priceless it is. And I almost feel like he's try- he's being extra, Burke is being extra nice to Addison because he knows that that pisses off Derek. 
even more. So as True. much as I do not like Derek Shepard, like I like I dislike Burke more. Well, yes. And so I feel like you're an asshole. Leave him alone. Yeah. But I like yeah. Addison too. So I'm like really conflicted. I love Addison. I'm conflicted. Go on. I'm sorry. <laughs> Meredith and Addison are getting to work on the case. She asks Meredith to define TTTS, which is twin twin transfusion syndrome, meaning conjoined fetal twins connected by blood vessels in the placenta, which means that one twin gets too much blood and one gets too little endangering the lives of both. And I have more research on that. Tell me. It's a lot of research, actually. Um, can you go on to the next statement that you have? And then I'll explain a little bit more as to why I did Do you want me to it. just finish out the next two points? Yes, please. Okay. It's revealed here that Addison is one of only a handful of surgeons in the world who know how to separate fetal blood vessels. In the hall, Addison tells Meredith to keep her chin up, that she is tough on everyone, not just the women her husband sleeps with. Okay. That was a burn. So I literally looked on the John Hopkins website and this whole website has so much information about this. Um, of course, this happens one in seven in monochronic, nope, monochronic pregnancies are affected with TTTS. Um, and you first establish this um, issue with the ultrasound and the outcome can be that baby can die of a heart failure if left untreated among many other situations um so apparently job hawkins hopkins offers a minimally invasive fetoscopic laser surgery i don't believe there is a handful of surgeons in the world from the information i gathered it seemed that many hospitals do offer um this laparoscopic um procedure so i don't know if that's necessarily true addison montgomery is not the only one maybe like back then because again this was like 2005 so true. maybe it wasn't as popular of a surgery could be um so of course there's a couple things so basically the definition is what you said but there's a couple things that i wanted to point out that when it's done laparoscopically they do insert the small instrument in the uterus However, um, if left untreated, it can actually cause a couple things. Heart failure, like I mentioned, in the larger twin, a preterm early labor, miscarriage of the entire pregnancy. Um, and there are other several ways to cure it or suggested ways to cure it. You can just wait. So it's called watchful waiting which they do a lot of ultrasounds and they may offer like the mother different medicines to help with the fetus's heart or reduce the excess amniotic fluid in the recipient twin. There's amnio reduction with, which basically means they take away the amniotic fluid around the baby that has too much fluid. But the thing with this one is that it is approximately 56% success rate and only one twin usually survives. Oh my God. And sometimes 15 to 20% of the fetuses treated with amniocentesis may have brain damage. Oh my God. Yes. So typically the laser therapy seems to be the better option. And there are certain requirements as to who qualifies as long, you know, and there's like a list, which is a long extensive list 
but um, they have to treat TTTS before the 28 weeks gestation period because otherwise there's a 90% mortality rate. Oh my God. That is awful. Holy shit. I just thought it sounded so casual whenever um, Addison mentioned it. Like it's so casual. Like, yes, I can only do it. But then when I researched it, I'm like, oh my God, this is actually really bad. Right? Like they literally played this off like it was nothing. I would have never, that's why I'm like sitting here shocked, like listening to you say this because in the episode, like they did not treat it as deadly as it is like that is sad I'm just going to change my um career instead of being in um a cardiothoracic surgeon I think I'm just going to be Addison Montgomery because I was very intrigued and interested in this oh shit okay this isn't my you know alter ego of course right 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 So we see George getting to work on his assignment. He grabs the chart from the nurse's station and goes to the patient's room, which turns out to be Dr. Weber. And essentially, instead of actually performing doctor duties, Weber asks George to be his eyes and ears around the hospital to report back to him on the comings and goings. And this bothers me because it's not the first time he treats George like this. There's another time where he treats him like a secretary and not a doctor which I right. get really aggravated with Weber about it. Right. And like, I felt bad for George because this takes an entire day's worth of learning and it like just derails it. And he does nothing except stalk around the hospital. And he doesn't even sucks. stalk right. Sorry. No, he's pitiful. I Poor can't. George. Poor George. So we see George kind of just wandering around. He looks lost and poor George he looks like a lost puppy yeah yeah Shepard passes him and like gives him this weird look and confronts Burke on the steps asking if he is sure that giving Gray to Addison was the best choice Burke the cocky son of a bitch that he is says that it's not your call Shepard and Derek asks Burke if he has ever done a standstill surgery no that's the whole point sorry (laughs) So we see Burke, Derek, and Christina in Joe's room. They are explaining to Joe what the stand cell surgery will entail, that his body will be cooled enough to stop his heart and stop the blood flow to the brain, which will reduce the risk of rupture. And then Derek will have 45 minutes to clip the aneurysm before Burke jumps in and gets his heart started again. Joe starts asking how much this is going to cost, that he fully believes that they can do what they are saying, but that he owns a bar. He doesn't have insurance. Derek tells him, um that at that point it will cost him a couple hundred grand at least you know one thing that really upsets me about this country is that the lack of medical care and how expensive it is to get medical care and that you can literally be in debt all your life Mm -hmm. paying hospital bills like even a small thing like an ultrasound is so Mm -hmm. expensive however i did saw on this is not research on tiktok I know it's not legit, but on TikTok, I did see this like doctor I follow or nurse. I don't know what she is, but she was saying that doctors are obligated to show and share their prices and that some doctors are refusing to do this because, of course, you're going to go with the cheap. If you don't have insurance, you're going to go with the cheapest option. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that legally doctors are supposed to share like, you know, this procedure is going to cost 200,000 with a detailed list of what goes where, like how much each 
um, you know, anesthesia costs a hundred bucks or whatever. Yeah. Right. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Huh. That's because you don't really ever think to like ask a doctor for like a well, especially list. especially with our situation, we don't have to. We're under military, right. you know, insurance, so we don't ask. We don't. We're covered essentially. Right. But you know, moving forward, like that's scary though. That is very scary. Don't worry. There's a TikTok for everything. Oh my god. Christina is walking up the stairwell and she runs into Burke. She tries to say hi, but he totally ignores her. She asks if he doesn't have time for her now that he's the chief. And he spins around and says, what do you want? You don't want to go out to dinner. Don't want me in on the on call room. And you sure as hell don't want to talk to me. And she tells him to not yell at her, which good for her because he was being unnecessarily aggressive with her. I know. And it's like, calm down, fool. Yeah, like he was being aggressive and I was like, wow, you need to fucking relax. I'm surprised Christina, I mean, I would not, I would not tolerate that. It's like, don't fucking talk to me. Don't yeah. even look in my direction. Yeah, I was, I was I'm surprised mad. he still has his nuts because I would slice them off. Okay. Don't talk to me like that. <laughs> <laughs> Poor John. Right? <laughs> He asks her again what she wants and she says that she doesn't know and he grabs her, kisses her and tells her to figure it out. He leaves the stairwell and we see George is on the stairs at a higher level looking down. Yikes. But so why kiss her? It. And I, I mean poor George has to like cut it, he has to tell the chief. Right? So we find George back in Weber's room and Weber asks him for a report and George tells him that there's no report Everything is quiet today. And Weber challenges him, but George sticks with his story. Alex is going to visit with Joe. A nurse brings over a huge gift basket and tells Joe that the whole floor pitched in for him. Joe tells Alex that he wants to be transferred out of there, that he can't afford that place and he is going to lose the bar. And Joe tells him that he is afraid he will have to sell it, that he has owned the bar for 14 years. And then we also learn here that the bar's name is Last Call. I did not catch that. Yeah, he says something like, um, I've owned Last Call for 14 years. I was, I was just thinking that Alex went to the Last Call every day. Like, he was there to Last Call. Oh. Okay. I misinterpreted yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, I, he probably stays to Last Call at the Last Call. Well, and, and we do realize that Alex does go every day. Yeah. Right? It seems like they're very familiar with each other. Yes. Meredith is back with the TTTS patient. The woman asks Meredith what it takes to go after another woman's husband. So we assume here that the patient has overheard Addison and Meredith talking whenever they were in the hallway. The patient tells Meredith that her husband moved in with another woman three weeks into her pregnancy. Meredith tells her that she is sorry about her husband. And the woman looks at her and asks if she is sorry about Dr. Montgomery Shepard's husband. First of all, why does her husband have balls? Because I would have cut them off too. You're just running around, just snip snapping everybody, huh? Hey, what does my shirt say? Yeah, I okay, all right. You know, 
We see Christina go into Joe's room and she rounds the corner and immediately throws up in his toilet. Tina begins checking over Joe and he says to her, morning sickness must suck. And Christina tells him not to tell anyone what he heard at the bar the night before. I feel like it's an undisclosed rule. Like whatever you talk to your like hairdresser or like, you know, I don't know, your masseuse, I don't know, or your, I don't know your bartender especially if you're like a common guest I feel like that's the un like undisclosed like that's something that you you know anything you hear at the bar it's like a secret you don't share that with it like a priest but right. at the bar yeah yeah in the next scene George is on the peds floor looking at babies in the nursery Meredith comes up to him and he tells her that she looks nice today she tells him that she wore her new lip gloss because her ex-boyfriend's wife looks like Isabella freaking Rosalini. And I did not know who that is. So I Googled it and she is an Italian American actress, author, philanthropist, and model. And I do have a picture here. So maybe we can share that on social media because she's stunning. So she is. does she look like, no, I'm wondering if she meant more so just like the aura yeah like, I can see that because yeah. I still think that she looks like oh my god here we I fucking think... go <laughs> I just don't see it the animated version when she becomes a woman I just don't see it okay <laughs> I forgot her name by the way that's why I'm not saying it Ursula Ursula's human form looks like addison but with the aura of her of this yeah. italian yes. girl george picks up right away on the whole ex-boyfriend thing meredith asks him what he's doing up there and he asks her if she can think of any reason at all why christina would be kissing burke and meredith like whips her head around and she looks stunned because remember christina said that she was just sleeping with some guy so meredith still didn't know I know. I think that's so bizarre to me. We see Meredith confronting Christina about her and Burke. Christina tells her that it is the same thing as her and McDreamy. She says that her and McDreamy are in a relationship. Meredith says, and you and Burke are, and Christina says, in Switzerland, which foreshadowing. Yeah, that's crazy to me that Shonda thought of that so early. Yeah. Meredith asks her if she has told Burke about the baby. Christina asks Meredith not to go there and just accept that there are some things that she keeps to herself because she doesn't feel the need to discuss everything to death. This friendship is, is weird. It is, but I mean, I can also respect that because I feel like because Christina doesn't want kids, I think that she views being pregnant as a failure on her part. Okay. So I think that's why she doesn't want anybody to know because it, it's looked at as like a failure. Like she's supposed to be this brilliant driven okay. surgeon and getting pregnant, I think to her is a failure. I can see that. Okay. Cause I was going to say like, then why bring it up if you're not willing to discuss, like if you bring it up there's a reason why you're bringing it up right in the the next scene we see burke confronting bailey he asks her who the hell dr mcdreamy is bailey says me i'm dr mcdreamy i'm tall and handsome i like to lean against things ponder the difficulties of dating beautiful women i'm trying to be a surgeon here (laughs) and she walks away I love this part because yes. 
I love his sarcasm. I mean, I'm a I'm a stickler for sarcasm, but this part is just hilarious. Like, yes. don't be wasting my time, Berg. Yeah, I fucking loved it. Although I do think that that's what he does. Has beautiful hair and leans on things. <laughs> right? He does. <laughs> Addison and Derek are having an argument over Meredith being Addison's intern. Meredith approaches and says, Dr. Shepard, and they both turn around and say, yes. That's awkward. Yeah. She tells Addison that labs confirmed that there are abnormalities in the ultrasound. And we see George just lingering in every single scene. He's just there. I noticed that. Yeah. Yep. So we see him go back to Dr. Weber and he tells him that everything is still good. Nothing to report about. But then he brings up Joe. We don't get much of this conversation, but Weber tells George they operate on patients and that is it. That a patient's financial situation is none of their business. And it cuts to see Addison with the TTTS patient. She lets the patient know that they have detected what looks like beginning heart failure in the twins. But Addison lets her know that she is taking her into surgery now. I was right. My research was correct. Right. But like, again, she didn't like seem too. It wasn't like too urgent. Like, no. I was like, oh, we'll take care of it. Just we have to go now. Now. Right. Okay. George is observing Joe's surgery from the gallery. Uh, Bailey comes in and asks why he is sitting so far back. He tells her that he is trying to find a loophole to help Joe. Bailey says that she knows Joe, that she was the only female intern her year, and that nobody knew her except Joe. George makes an assumption here and says, oh, so you and Joe. Bailey says that that is all you people think about, how to get into someone's pants. You're nasty. That's why you got syphilis. And then she smacks George in the head. (laughs) Sorry, Bailey is my favorite in this episode. (laughs) Yes, 100, 100%. You nasty. (laughs) 100%. Hundred percent. Oh my god, it was so funny that she even called George out. Although I do, I do appreciate that George finding a solution for Joe. It's just so yes, it, it's so George, you know. It is. It is so George. She continues telling George that Joe was the first person to tell her that she would make a good surgeon. Alex comes into the gallery and says that it is a good day to watch Joe die. Izzy explains that he won't be dead dead, that they are going to bring him back. And George jumps up and says, that's it, dead. And he leaves. We see him present Weber with a stack of papers. He tells him that he wants to donate Joe's body to science for the next 17 minutes for educational purposes, that they are a teaching hospital and that the standstill surgery qualifies, which I think is an incredible loophole. That is awesome. I and. I feel like Weber is hesitant. Yes, Weber is very. He's hesitant. not like all for it. So I get a little annoyed by that. But yeah, I feel like that's the best loophole and gives Joe a chance to keep his bar. Exactly. In the next scene, Christina is entering an on-call room where Burke is packing up his things. She is telling him how amazing Joe's surgery was. She asks him if he still has those reservations because she is starving. He tells her that there's something that they should discuss. And she says, yeah, yeah, there is. 
So I think like she's preparing to tell him about the baby while he's not preparing for that at all. I will say I noticed that not many times do they actually eat. Oh, yeah. So I believe it. He tells her that it is obvious that they can't continue on like this, that they have been fooling themselves, thinking that they can keep doing this without consequences. And it registers to her then that he is ending this. And he tells her that he thinks it's best to make a clean break. He has what... I think I put, wow, he has an ego to prefer being chief yep. over his relationship with Christina. But yet he wants that relationship more than her. Yeah. And it seems like she was about to tell him about the baby. It seemed very like businesslike. And yes. I take offense to that. <laughs> okay. Cut his balls. <laughs> cut his balls. <laughs> Just cut him off. Which does happen later on. Not his, but like there's a patient. It's a case. (laughs) Weber calls George into his room. George says, okay, I tried. I really tried. But there is a lot of stuff happening out there. Stuff that he can't and won't tell him. Stuff that he is going to have nightmares about. (laughs) Poor George. Poor George. He says he won't tell him any of it because it doesn't matter when there's a guy out there who they all know and love who's going to be bankrupt because he needed a surgery to save his life. And Weber tells George that he signed the request for Joe's surgery to be declared as donating his body to science. So, good. About time he did something in that bed. <laughs> Other than cause drama and, you know, scandal. True. I mean, come on. True. I'm not saying I dislike Weber. I'm just saying about time. Addison is checking in on her TTTS patient after the surgery. She lets her know that the babies are doing very well. Addison tells her that Dr. Gray will be back in to check on her later. And the patient tells Addison that she wants Gray to be taken off the case. And she tells her that Dr. Gray reminds her of someone she doesn't like very much. Someone who her husband likes a lot and prefers in lingerie. And tells Addison that she should understand. Addison is confused and tells her that she doesn't understand. The patient says, well, she's sleeping with your husband, right? And Addison says, I lack Dr. Gray's class and patience. So let me set the record straight. My husband didn't cheat on me. I cheated on him. So the wronged woman here is Dr. Gray. So I think you owe her one hell of an apology. I love it. Hey, I just love it. Like Addison Montgomery is a person that is such a good person. I think I mentioned this in the last episode. She's made her mistakes and we learn about those mistakes later. She obviously chooses Meredith to be spiteful and kind of like, I feel like she's kind of gauging her. Like, is she as good? Like, why did Derek fall in love with her? Like, what's going on, right? right? She's kind of like trying to learn her enemy. But really, like, I don't know. She's just such a good person like to defend Meredith Grey and and to know like I'm the one that cheated to actually say that out loud and take ownership of her mistake I'm like oh you're such a good person Addison you're better than anyone I know because I feel like I would not be that I wouldn't either I would not be graceful like that and she's just and it kind of goes to with uh, like the picture of the um, philanthropist that Meredith talks about it makes sense it makes sense. Yeah. She has that like aura that she's so regal and uh-huh. fine and just above, really above Meredith. She really is. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. 
We see Derek sitting on the porch outside his trailer. Meredith is there and he is telling her the story of the night he found Addison cheating on him. He tells her that he came home one night and everything felt different. He says he went down the hall and he stepped on a man's jacket that doesn't belong to him and that everything he thought he knew just shifts. That jacket doesn't belong to him, but he does recognize it. And that when he went into his bedroom, he doesn't just see his wife is cheating on him. He sees that his wife is cheating on him with Mark, who happened to be his best friend. Meredith asks him what she was to him. He tells her that she was like coming up for fresh air. It's like he was drowning and she saved him. And I teared up. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not even going to try and hide it. I'm not even embarrassed about it, but I teared up. It, it was, I don't remember the scene. And it was one of, it was an epic scene, I would say. It was. I do remember this scene. And I think it, I, it just, it stuck with me as one of like the maybe four scenes that I remember in these early episodes, because I too know what it's like to feel like I'm drowning. And then you find somebody who gives you a second chance at life that you never knew that you could have. And so I think that's why it like sticks with me. The romantic. I mean, he is pretty much dreamy here. I wouldn't go that far. I'm just saying the words that he said. <laughs> he looks like he's about to cry. He does. He does. And I will note, I will mention something. It sounds like it's raining during this episode. During this particular scene. It is. They're not wet. She's because not wet. they're under the roof. Like on his trailer, it has the porch, but the porch is covered and they're Yes, but she's walking it. to her car after she yeah. leaves. And whenever it's, she's, she's not raining, like, it's not raining yeah. on her. Right. Whenever she's like walking to her car, like, yeah, she should be getting wet because it's raining. But whenever they're sitting there, like they're all covered. Okay. She's not getting wet though. <laughs> But after this big declaration from Derek, she tells him that that's not enough. And she gets in her car and leaves. Sad. And then we go to the hospital and it's raining. And everyone's wet. Not me. In the closing montage, we see Burke, who is clearly feeling some type of way about the Christina situation. Derek looking awfully distraught at his trailer. Izzy watching Alex check in on Joe and Joe asks Alex if he heard the good news. George walks by and Alex calls him over and tells him that he heard what he did for Joe and he gives him a big hug and Izzy seems to be warmed by this gesture and I feel like she's starting to find some redeemable qualities in Alex and maybe even developing a bit of a crush. I feel like maybe we're starting to get the Alex that we know and love. Not yet. I don't. Think, I don't think not yet. You know. I mean, he's being humanized a little bit more. Yes. Yes. Christina walks into the bar and joins Meredith, and we see that Meredith is wearing the Dartmouth shirt again. I put that in there just for you. Thank you. Christina tells her that the clinic has a policy that they wouldn't let her confirm her appointment without her listing an emergency contact, and she tells Meredith that she put her name down. She tells Meredith that she is her person. And then Christina breaks the news to Meredith that Burke dumped her. Meredith leans over and puts her arm around Christina. And Christina says, you know, this constitutes as hugging. And Meredith responds with, shut up. I'm your person. 
Which I will say it's probably one of the very few times we see them quote unquote hugging. I don't think we see them hugging very much. So that is the end of season two, episode one. Do you want to deliver us the closing monologue? I'd be honored. Closing monologue. They say practice makes perfect. Theory is the more you think like a surgeon, the more you become one. The better you get at remaining neutral, clinical, cut, suture, close. And the harder it becomes to turn it off, to stop thinking like a surgeon and remember what it means to think like a human being. <gasps> oh. Oh, wow. I didn't realize how deep that was. That was like, that's deep. I feel like that could probably directly relate to Christina and Burke, if nobody else, because their break was very cut clinical like just yes, like good just point. like a like you had said like a business transaction like i only said that because i watched the next episode what the hell i watch it pretty often my gosh i don't well that was the end of that any other thoughts i loved this episode i loved meredith in this episode but let me tell you my girl addison i love her yeah I think there's some episodes that she's not my favorite, but I think I like her as a person. She's just a really good actress, and I she I just, is. You know, she comes up with this like red hair, red lipstick, you know, kind of girl mm-hmm. with like fur coat. I don't know if it was fur, but she just looks very elegant and like high class. And then we see Meredith looks like scrawny intern with hardly no experience, right. but she's not as naive as she as Addison thinks she is she knows her stuff right mm-hmm. and I think Addison is pretty impressed by that yeah I agree also I want to mention that Addison mentioned that um McDreamy or Derek Shepard look like Russell Crowe and I don't see it yeah I don't see it either I don't know I mm, the young no. version I don't, don't see don't I mean see. I guess the fluffy hair but I don't, I, don't, I don't yeah that's about the only thing is the hair but she has a thing for Russell Crowe that's weird Feel bad for, for Derek, but he brought this upon himself. He should have just been very honest. Um, don't like Burke over you. Christina just needs to get that abortion. Alex needs to be the Alex we know and love mm-hmm. and care. And Izzy was not bad. I feel like it's because we saw so little of her and that's why she was not bad. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So just a reminder, we will be releasing our episodes every two weeks. So don't sit there waiting for us at 9 a.m. every Friday. It'll be every two weeks. And the next episode is called Enough is Enough. No more tears. I feel like that's not. Oh, no, I am not. I don't. I don't. I'm nervous. I feel like that's not going to happen. There's going to be more tears. all right make sure you follow us on instagram twitter facebook and we will see each other in two weeks yes bye guys bye bye